Okay, guys, GitOps. Andre, you're really excited. Come on. But how, but how about we go around the table and just collect what do we know about the whole thing before we start? And also try to understand what is the problem that is proposed to be solved with this approach. Yeah, so sure. Do you want me to start? Yeah. All right, this is what I know. I uh, mostly see GitOps mentioned by the company called Weaveworks. That's the company behind the WeaveNet. That's a Kubernetes CNI driver. Yeah. And um, they also have a tool called Flux that they propose as a GitOps thing. So like you use it to do a GitOps. There yeah. were another one called Argo. But now they joined forces and basically both tools are now moving together into something else. So it's going to be like one tool. Anyhow, so in my understanding, the primary thing that would, that would distinguish this approach from everything else and everything else is running CI CD server and that CI CD server would get Kubernetes manifest from somewhere. And that CI CD server is external to Kubernetes. So it will call Kubernetes API. And important thing, it needs to have access to Kubernetes API to call it. And it will send the commands and make sure that the deployment is applied correctly and the pods are up and running. With GitOps, it's a little bit different. With GitOps, you get your Kubernetes YAML files, you commit it to Git, surprisingly, that's like the name, and you push it to the version control server, whatever you have, and then you have some entity sitting inside your Kubernetes cluster that is either triggered by webhook or pooling the remote repository. And as soon as there is a change, it pulls it into the side cluster and then applies it from within the cluster. So it still calls a Kubernetes API, but it doesn't. It, it is internal to cluster, so it doesn't need to have external access to the API, which means that you don't have to expose API to outside of your infrastructure. For instance, if you're running some cloud CI uh, tool like CircleCI, right? In order to call your Kubernetes cluster, CircleCI, you need to have access to your Kubernetes cluster, and you will need to expose IPI, which is, well, um, maybe not the best thing to do unless you want someone mining Bitcoin on your cluster. And uh, you could do, you can avoid that by having CircleCI on-prem workers running in your VPC or what have you. But you see, I think the biggest difference here is that you have an entity within the system you want to update. And you, instead of doing push to the system, you're actually pulling the change into the system and then somehow the change being applied within the system. In my understanding, that's the biggest difference because if we're just talking about you know, committing your specs to the Git, we've been doing that for 10 years now. There is no difference, right? So there should be something novel and what people talk about. In my understanding, that this notion that you pull in the specs into the 
system you want to update instead of pushing to the system by external CI/CD server. One thing I wanted to highlight here, and I might be misled, but all I see on the internet is discussion around Kubernetes. So everyone talking about applying that to Kubernetes. And we spoke about Flux and Argo. There is also Jenkins X, which is uh, like a Jenkins Hermanito, a little brother that runs in Kubernetes and runs all its jobs as uh, Kubernetes jobs. So a lot of people say you could use Jenkins X as also the um, GitOps tool, technically, yeah. if, if you stick with uh, what I'm saying. But if you need to run Terraform, uh, well, you might still be able to do that, but then you will have to package some kind of container that you run in Kubernetes. I don't know. I, I just don't feel that actually Kubernetes was built for that because, I mean, Kubernetes is declarative, right? So you declare, I want this job to run that many replicas of itself. But you cannot declare the build. You cannot declare my build is successful because you have no idea how your build going to go. And um, I'm, I'm having a little bit of conceptual issues with this, but we'll see. The concept is new. I, I, I done talking. Cool. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, come on, Julia. Yeah, it's you. Well, it still is.
Yeah, I, I think that's a, I'm, I don't have much knowledge to judge, but at least in my head, that's a misconception. I mean, I'm not saying that you're wrong because it's a good thing to put all your deployment file descriptions to the Git. I mean, it's a great idea because then you can reproduce whatever you're doing and you have a history of what was done and you know who did what and you can apply the pull request and you can review the changes. You know, all, the, all this is just that we use in uh, software development. It's a completely sane idea to do that. What I'm saying is that we've been doing it for quite some time now and uh, no one been calling that GitOps, right? It was just called version control. I mean, that's a, that's a, how we use version control. This is what version control is. But now we're adding ops on top. So it's not only deploying, sa saving everything to the version control, but also driving operations through the version control. So I, I, I just went to the, I, I Googled what is GitOps, and the first thing that pops up, you guess what? Weave.works block what is GitOps really? So I yeah. guess there are other definitions, but we're going to stick with really. Yeah. And uh, here they have a concise description of GitOps. And I'm going to give it to you. The first point, describes the desired state of the whole system using a declarative specification for each environment. And a Git repo is a single source of truth for desired state of the whole system. So basically, that's exactly comes to Kubernetes really nicely here because you describe the Kubernetes, whatever you have in Kubernetes as a declarative spec and you commit all of that to Git. And I think what people also mean here, at least I saw people saying that, that with Helm, you have certain variability because with Helm, you can send certain variables and the result of generating Helm templates of when you do Helm templating, the result files might be different depending on the variables you applied. So yeah. what it says here, not, not, not checking your Helm stuff, but well, you still check in your Helm stuff, but also check in what was generated because that is a declarative thing. Yeah. And here it says all changes to the desired state are Git commits. And here we're talking about driving operations through Git, right? So we want to change desired state and we do a Git commit, which comes hands in hand what uh, Julian described. All specified properties of the cluster are also observable in the cluster so that we can detect if the desired and observed states are the same, converged or different, diverged. Well, makes sense, right? So you have stuff in Git, you have stuff in cluster and you then can tiff it because they're supposed to be the same. Then second point, when the desired and observed states are not the same, then there is a convergent mechanism to bring the desired and observed states in sync, both eventually and automatically. Within the cluster, this is Kubernetes. So here we say that the science you gave a Kubernetes the declarative thingy, it eventually will bring system state, if it could, to the state which is desired. This is triggered immediately with a change committed alert. So basically, again, we're talking about driving operations through the changes in the version control. After a configurable internal, after a configurable interval, an alert div may also be sent 
if the states are divergent. And uh, there are two more points. Hence, all git commits cause verifiable and independent updates in the cluster. Rollback is convergence to the earlier desired state. Convergence is eventual and indicated by normal diff alert during a defined time interval. So what the meaning here is you're going to run some kind of cron command that's going to diff what you have in cluster and you have a repository. And if there are no diff alerts, then everything is fine. Uh, converged alert, yeah, webhook git write back event. And this is what I meant. Like you, the system that runs in a Kubernetes cluster either receives the change in the version control via webhook or it pulls somehow. Yeah. And on the upper up of the table of the page, they say uh, I, I saw a good statement here. Here, GitOps is two things. An operating model for Kubernetes and cloud native, it provides a set of best practices to join up development, deployment, management, and monitoring for containerized clusters and application. And here they have a picture that describes that. I'm going to read it. And the two is a pass forward, a development set a path towards a developer-centric experience for managing applications. We are applying Git workflow to operations as well as development. Note that this is not just about Git push, it's about how we set up the entire CI-CD toolchain and UI UX. And yeah. finally, I'm gonna read what is written on the slide. The good thing, it's only text, so there is no picture that I need to describe. And uh, the title of the slide says, GitOps in one slide. System development management pattern. Git as a single source of truth of a system. Git as a single place where we operate, create, change, and destroy all environments. All changes are observable, verifiable. Well, honestly, it's, I think GitHub was pushing that with uh, ChatOps in a similar way for, for a very long time. I mean, that's the most big part of that in a GitHub marketing. Not exactly with the ChatOps, but they had this part as well. There. So, well, I, I done speaking. Sorry for dominating the air for so long. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. It's a great introduction to to GitOps, but I think that. How, how I see it, I see it in two different fields. I see like one is your infrastructure as code, I set up your infrastructure. And then I would say that we use GitOps to set up my the inside of my Kubernetes cluster, like the, the containers are run inside them. But not also only the containers that I use from the operations like monitoring, but also new apps that I deploy. So if I want to add in a new uh, application, I've just pushed that YAML into uh, the Git and then uh, the, the Kubernetes or the, the operator itself will take the YAML and apply it to the cluster. Yeah. Uh, so, so I would see that as, a, as a, the practical view of it. So it means I have a Git repo and in that I have uh, the YAMLs and those YAMLs is the source of truth for my Kubernetes yeah. cluster. Every YAML I see that is also running inside my cluster, and now I can verify. Yeah. Uh, 
and I like that approach. And uh, we talked about it before when we talked about infrastructure as code. It, it's so hard when it starts to drift, like mm. production and other. But if you connect your Kubernetes cluster hard against your Git repo and say, like, this is what you should run, nothing else. If you f- anything else is running here, alert me or kill it. Then, uh, then you have a good setup from the beginning. You have it running, you know exactly what's running, and you have tools to verify that what you're seeing it is and what you think is running is also running. Uh, I, I, I like that, that approach, but it's, but it's also hard. You know when things happen, you need to go in and start fiddling with stuff and then start drifting. And it, yeah, it's, it's one... It's one way of setting up things. Another one is running things for a long time. They're not they're not the same. And uh, I think GitOps in this space is a nice way to set up uh, your Kubernetes cluster and your application inside it. But is it a good tool to keep it running? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure right now. Now you get it. Yeah. No, 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 sorry. No, no you're safe. You say, come on, come on, Julia. Yeah, yeah. No, but look, look, Julian. But you basically leave the ops people. Outside of this, you as a developer have a YAML file committed to your repository, and you say, now I'm going to have four replicas instead of two. You do a new commit, and then your Kubernetes cluster just sucks it in and yeah. changes it. There is nowhere operation person can interfere with this. So that it's basically developer two clusters straight away. No, I think it depends <laughs> on the company. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the repo. It's from this repo, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you you still gonna you still gonna merge in. I mean, you're gonna deploy your uh, your application in there. I'm gonna run this fluentd daemon set here. Use fluentd image 1.3, right? You deploy it into GitHub. It gets deployed to your cluster. It's run. It's not man maintaining any updates or anything else. You have to manually go in and change the version, right? In Git as well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but but yeah, but don't you? I kind of like the idea that I mean, you have how is it up to things now is that we have a Git repo with all the the ops stuff, like the, all the jumbles that describe the cluster, right? And, and to make a change, you do a pull request, right? And the pull request is is shake code review and then approve to go inside. But I mean, it doesn't matter who does the pull request; it can be ops guy or a developer. It's the same approach. Now, now they say it's GitOps, but we do this all the time with, with other applications as well. You, you do a pull request, you look at the code, is it fine, it's accepted, and then it's deployed to the cluster. I, I, I like that. Yeah, I like that idea, and I see that maybe we don't have to. Maybe it's Ops guy who look at it because he's responsible for. Uh, for for the, the cluster or knows most about the cluster but anybody can do the pull request what, what, what do you say andrew i say life is too short to do pull requests i mean you never <laughs> get anything done you do a pull request you ask for a review and then you hunt the person for two days it's, <laughs> it's just not how you get things done you just yeah. push to master and you build your system to defend yourself from the fools yeah so yeah. you have your scientific pipeline <laughs> that doesn't allow you to break the system, but you still push yeah. to master. Yeah. And... No, no. In, in some cases, you have to. I mean, if you have, um, like, if you're in an industry where you have to comply with a certain regulations, like where every every deployment to production have to be some kind of approved or at least peer reviewed, there are such regulations. And 
It might sound silly, but it does limit the legal damages if the change that happened in production, for instance, expose something that should not be exposed. Yeah. I mean, if that thing happens, then you might reduce your legal damages quite a lot. And um, I'm not, I don't want to be dogmatic, but it's just my personal preference. You know, I just always trying to build a CI/CD pipeline that would prevent myself from ruining the system. Since I often jump between projects and I forget the context of the project, I cannot remember everything. So usually the first time I do, I document all the steps that I do to verify that the system is working as the steps of CI/CD pipeline. Because I might be pulled off this project for two months and then I need to do a little change and I don't remember how would I verify that, how I would deploy that. And I don't need to because... Well, well done. It's already documented as a pipeline. So the only thing I need to do is to push. Yeah. And there is no guarantee that someone else has a better understanding of what I did. Yeah, yeah. But then you need a good test, right? And this isn't this also where it comes in. I mean, if you have master and that really reflects the production, what comes into master must work right so you need to test you have to do pull request you need to get that pull request with the yamals out and deploy to another cluster to verify that yeah it's working yeah that's true but my biggest problem with this is uh, like visualization so for instance imagine myself as a maintainer of the project right and i want to have an end-to-end overview of how my change is faring through the pipeline so I do the push, I, I, it goes through the basic steps, like build, test, linting, whatever it is. And uh, then in the end, it's being deployed somewhere. Let's imagine it's just, you know, test cluster, right? So, yeah, and yeah. if it's deployed using GitOps, then I have a problem because the, my pipeline will, will stop at the place where I do commit, push, done. So yeah. then pipeline doesn't have much to absorb and uh, then something happens in the cluster and I need to absorb the state of the Yeah. No, I think it's just muted, but it's fine. No, it's, a, it's a, uh, my daughter who walked in okay. and wanted to share something very exciting. Nice. Uh, and yeah. Not exactly. <laughs> She's excited by other things. Anyhow, what I've been yeah. saying is that there is a little bit of disconnect from developer point of view. Sides, your pipeline stops here. I mean, you did a push yeah. of your change to your most probably actually separate repo because if you commit your YAML file to the same repository where your source code is that originally triggered the pipeline, then you're basically yeah. triggering another pipeline or you need to have some kind of logic in your pipeline saying like, if there is some new commit that only affects only this directory, don't trigger the pipeline because it's fine. I don't, I don't want to build this stuff. Anyhow, so yeah. there is a disconnect. And then yeah. we either need to implement something in the pipeline that is watching for the state of the deployment, which I'm not saying it's impossible. It's, it is possible, but it's just a change in uh, in uh, in the paradigm how we do things. Yes. I, so I, I, something I, 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 yeah, and also now 
when I talk about, I realize like sometimes when I deploy things, I can see that I have to deploy in certain order, right? Otherwise, my deployment break. If I deploy uh, a proxy uh, before the the backend server, the proxy won't start. Mm. Sometimes there are these like requirements, and they are like connected. You shouldn't have them if you follow every spec, but sometimes you have them. And if you have everything in one repo, how how would you make sure that things are deployed in in an order? And how would you try to when you have a change do you redeploy everything to verify that okay this is working now because if you, if you do application and i and i commit into master i take the master and re- rebuild my whole application or my app from the master to make sure the master branch is working but if i put in a new jungle uh, i can of course just pick up that part and deploy it to the cluster and make sure it's working. But I will never test the full the full master branch and rebuild the full cluster from it, except everything goes 